Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. And they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Our world has been scattered, fractured into divisions, denominations, political parties, social movements, rebellions, minorities, and majorities. These splits are brought about by wars and debates, analysis, divorce, and philosophy. These splits are motivated by greed for wealth, lust for power, hopes for domination, mobility of social status, the desire to be right. And the splintering that we see in our world is not only on the larger stage, but it's even local. Communities are ripped apart by tragedy. Families are rent in two by infidelity. Congregations are scattered by false teaching. Businesses are destroyed by ruthless competition. Leaders are undermined by scandal. Neighborhoods and communities are divided. But this division is not just in the world or in our local community, even in our congregation. But it is also, and most importantly, personal. Every one of you struggles with internal and internal conflict. You might call it the tension between what is right and what is wrong. More accurately, it is the battle between the truth and falsehood. Or even more precisely, this tension is between belief and unbelief. You try to resolve the tension, but you know that you can find no peace, no rest in yourself or in anyone or anything else. And here's the truth, the haunting truth, is that we, every single one of us, is personally responsible for the lack of unity, harmony, consensus, even faith that we see in our families, in our communities, and in our world. That's what sin is. That's what it does. That internal force, that original nature that wreaks havoc and chaos and madness on your own conscience spins out and does the same in your family, community, and world. Your sin disputes the truth rather than affirms it. Your sin cares only for itself rather than for the other. Your sin scatters rather than gathers. Your sin divides rather than unifies because your sin rejects the one and only true God and has become God for himself. Now again, we try to deal with this conflict that we know all too well to overcome it temporarily, the chaos, the divisions, the disruption. But the only way to do it, we think, is to tell lies to ourselves and to others. 
to justify, to cover your dishonor of those in authority under the lie that you are a self-made autonomous person, your own boss. To cover your hatred of others, your murdering of them, under the lie that you deserve justice. Covering your sexual lust, justifying it under, again, a lie that that's just the way God made me or that's what everybody's doing these days. Covering your slander of your neighbor's reputation under the lie that it's your job to tell the truth about everyone, to reveal what has been hidden. To cover your greed with the lie that you've earned it, you deserve it. And you know that if you try to resolve the tension, that conflict between belief and unbelief with your own means, that is with lying, it doesn't make matters better, it just makes them worse. Your original sin is compounded with more and more sin. Just like David begins with just coveting what isn't his and spins out into rejecting God and his truth. You've tried it too, over and over, and you've got to admit, it just doesn't work. You find no peace trying to overcome the way that your sin breaks out in your life with your own devices and means. Instead of peace, when you try to make things better, you find more conflict, more disorder, more confusion, even more sin. Spin, sin spinning out of control. Maybe first disrupting your life, then your family, later your congregation, and if it gets quite bad, disturbing your community and even this world. Now, the Bible says that you're sheep, sheep that are prone to wander, that are scattered by lies, by the, lie, the liar himself, the devil, the wolf. It's all true. But also, it seems the Bible could have gone a little bit further and said, you're more like a ram who tears down the fences, who busts through the gates, whose constant pawing tears up the soil, and who headbutts anybody who comes near even the shepherd. I still have the bruises to prove it. Or as the Bible says, you are by nature hard-hearted, stiff-necked, refuse to accept instruction, cannot be tamed by bit or bridle, deaf, blind, dumb, even idiots. And you can try to change who you are by your own reason, by your own strength, but that is a false and misleading dream. Just as it's laughable to think that you could ever find peace, unity, or work for the common welfare of all through your own reason, intellect, or powers. That is precisely the lie that the wolf told to our first parents in the garden and the lie that we keep on believing. That we can do it. That's how the wolf misleads you, gives you false hope, drives you back upon yourself, only to disregard then those around you. Your spouse, your children, your neighbor, your congregation, your community, your world. The lie that you can resolve the tension, that you can bring peace, that you can overcome your unbelief, that lie makes you solitary. A lone sheep. And alone, you can do nothing. 
You cannot gather, you can't find your way, you can't find your friends, you cannot build up, you cannot even live, but only die. So the great good news of today, Good Shepherd Sunday, is that you are not alone. You never have been, and you never will be. Sheep cannot be their own shepherd. Again, from Adam's first rebellion, that was his attempt to live alone and apart from God, to be his own shepherd. And that lie continues until now. But even so, God has promised from the beginning a shepherd who would come and gather his sheep on a day of clouds and thick darkness under a cross, gathering all his sheep from the tender ewe lamb, or maybe, as you might describe yourself, as the most boneheaded and stubborn ram, gathering them all, gathering you, into one flock. The good news promise is the shepherd who would crush the serpent's head, while also is the sacrificial lamb who suffers and dies to take away the sins of the world. The shepherd, who is the lamb, lays down his life for his sheep, thereby gaining for himself a flock. He himself bore his, your sins in his body on the tree, the tree of the cross. Which means that your sins, all that would separate you from your shepherd, from God, has died with Christ. And your death also is dead too. All that needs to be done has been done in Jesus for you. He does it without you and even despite you. He does it all for you, satisfying the demands of the law, suffering the just punishment for all transgression, and dying the death of sin. He even dies for all of your false attempts to join together, your vain attempts at bringing unity, your goals and hopes for self-improvement that have done nothing, today are brought to nothing. All in Christ's cross. Now, Christ's death is no temporary fix. His death is no short-term solution. His suffering, bleeding, and dying is not a do-over. It's not a band-aid. It's not some kind of accommodating resolution. Nor is it an agreeable compromise. That is, all the ways that we try to bring peace, to forgive. Jesus' cross is the only way for your sin to be covered, your shame to be washed clean, your death overcome. The death of the shepherd for his sheep is exactly what God promised, even from before the foundation of the world. So what can sheep do with their sin? What can you do about your sin? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And that's good news. Joy beyond comparing. Nothing needs to be done. All needed to be done has been done in Jesus. And how does he deliver what he has done for you, that he has purchased and won for you on Calvary? He delivers it to you through his voice. His flock, his sheep, hear the shepherd's voice. 
his voice. And it's his voice that has called you home, that has gathered you together, that gives you knowledge of salvation in him and keeps you safe and secure here in his sheepfold. His voice speaks forgiveness. Forgiveness that is given in the word, in water, bread and wine. You, his flock, are gathered by his voice, despite you, to feed you with the good pasture of forgiveness, to be given to drink of living waters, his forgiveness. And even more joyous, his voice, his gifts, do what we could never do. His doing for you has good result. Because where there is forgiveness of sins, there is life and salvation. Jesus, the good shepherd, calls you to forgive you. And by forgiving you, he gathers others as you forgive them. He does what none of you could do or can do. He brings his sin-ending, death-defying forgiveness to bear upon your conscience, upon your family, upon this, his congregation, upon this community, upon this world, indeed, upon your life. He restores, he joins together, he repairs, he renews. His forgiveness gathers, gives unity, brings good order, and delivers peace. Your shepherd has rescued you, and today he gives to you, his flock, everything needed for your faith in life, his blood-bought forgiveness. In his holy name, amen.